Hamjamboni. Welcome to the Goethe Institute Kenya podcast. I'm your host, James Murua. On this podcast, we are conducting a series of interviews with experts in a variety of professions in Kenya to find out how they and their fields are affected by artificial intelligence or AI. Today, our guest is Harry Misiko, a digital journalist who is also the growth editor at the Nation Media Group, a leading media house in the East African region. He tells us how the media business has fundamentally shifted with the onset of AI and how the organization he works for has responded. He also talks about the danger of Global South narratives being decided by people from the Global North. Karibuni. I guess the first question I should ask you is, who is Harry Misiko? Awesome. Uh, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure to work with Gote. My name is Harry Misiko. I wear many hats. Uh, generally, I'm a digital journalist, currently working with the National Media Group. I currently work as the growth editor. I'm in charge of content for Nation.Africa. Uh, website and the flagship brand Daily Nation. So I basically lead groups of section editors and reporters and correspondents across the globe in generating content for the print and the digital um, product for Nation Media Group. Thank you very much, Harry. First of all, I, I want to know if you've used AI in your, in your normal life, not your professional life yet. All of us, maybe without realizing use AI. Uh, I'm aware that I use AI all the time. We are uh, connected in individuals. Uh, we are always on the internet. So I cannot escape the fact that I'm using AI uh, daily, even as we speak now, because I'll have to check my Facebook profile, I'll have to use my social media. And yes, AI is dictating everything I'm doing, uh, whether it's accessing content, it's accessing information, processing it, even just the daily interactions that I have, AI is at play. So yes, I'm using AI daily as a person, not just as a profession. Seeing as you're using AI a lot, would you like to tell us for you what AI is? AI uh, loosely to me will mean uh, they could be softwares, they could be algorithms that try to learn from human experiences and then they try to mimic uh, the human brains. So the way I understood that media works in the past was that editors would sit down together and they'd decide what was the most important story for the day and they'd be refining this story throughout the day Unless, of course, there is a, you know, a major disaster or something happened, that is a story that would be, we'd see the next day in the morning in the newspaper. How has this new technology shifted this and how has it changed it? Uh, James, it's good that you are the kinds of uh, news consumers who used to really know what we used to do as journalists in the newsrooms. Very few people could be aware of that. Yes, those uh, times, that era, editors believed they knew it all. They dictated what the reader should actually read, they should listen to, and they should view on television. 
and that has greatly changed and uh, not just because of ai and if, uh, but mostly because of ai uh, with associated technologies that have changed how we actually go about our business currently uh, the closed newsroom that you're referring to where the editors played the lord of content the people who know it all has ceased we have since reopened up our newsrooms to audiences and we are planning with them even some of them don't realize but the newsroom was really opened up by ai and currently before we can even think of what is the most important story we want first of all to hear what does our reader think what are the people on social media are saying what are the topics that really matter to them what are the trends today on the hashtags that are doing rounds on twitter and basically the lords that editors were have really been demolished they are no longer there our planning is being done with the readers in mind not just in mind but actually taking in consideration what the readers think is important based on the online ears that we have activated uh, be it on social media be it on google we are listening silently behind the scenes we want to see what are people talking about what are people thinking about what are people caring about and at the end of the day we are no longer waking up with the a topic or topics that we think we should be imposing on the reader or the viewer or the listener on radio but trying to see how does the day evolve and at the end of the day what has the reader really cared about online so you find that ai has enabled us one to open up the newsroom two to be able to listen to the reader in real time and three taking in that feedback curate it analyze it and therefore come up with a topic that as as editors now think our readers really care about and therefore the old newsroom is dead and the new one has the reader as an active participant consumer but then also a person who gives input into what they will consume tomorrow so basically it has been a whole transformation first opening up the newsroom second bringing the reader to the content table and three actually letting that uh, reader have a say in what they will consume tomorrow two questions for you harry one what is the conflation between ai and social media and two what are some of the tools that you're using in your organization that allow you to play in this space? AI is very much in use on social media. And when I talked of the silent ear online, it's mostly uh, situated on social media because one, uh, social media is helping us discover content. So if I were to talk about technologies that are influencing journalism from AI and through social media, then I will start with the whole journalistic process, which is discovering content, processing that content, distributing that content, and finally listening to feedback from our consumers. Now, if I go to social media, as you are aware, James, all the breaking news is happening on social media. Newsrooms are no longer breaking news news is first happening on twitter news is first happening on facebook news is first happening on instagram and all those social media platforms 
Now, uh, as newsrooms, we have various tools on social media that can help us discover what is happening. The silent listening that I talked about, the online ear that we have activated. At Nation, for instance, we have a tool called Data Miner. Data Miner does a silent listening in the background. It's able to detect what is happening in Iraq. It's able to detect if someone is breaking news on social media from Trukana, from Ethiopia or wherever. So based on our tools, we are able to know if something is breaking on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. That alone has already helped us discover that there's something happening in Eastern, Istanbul, Turkey. There's something happening in Beijing. There is coronavirus first case in India. So that silent listening is able to give us that alert through data miner. It's a tool we use to listen to what is going on on social media with a specific bias to breaking news. Secondly, once we have discovered that there is this breaking news on Twitter, then we go into the process of verification. And you know clearly social media is awash with fake news. So how do we distill what is really news and what is fake? Again, AI is able to help us discover that by using tools like Google, uh, uh, Google reverse search for images. Uh, we have TinEye, RevEye. All these ones are able to help us detect defects in terms of videos. So we are able to take the images we got from Istanbul or Mogadishu. If someone was claiming there is a bomb blast and they have sent a photo on Twitter, we are able to take that photo, put it through Google image reverse search. It will show that this photo is the first time this photo is appearing on the net and therefore it could be legit. If Google reverse search for images uh, pops up similar images that were taken in 2011, Clearly, we will know that this is a fake uh, photo because this thing happened in Afghanistan. It's not even Iraq or it's not Somalia because this war zone sometimes looks similar, like when uh, a photo is, is taken of rubble or a building that has been brought down in maybe Yemen and you don't know. So Google reverse search is able to help us detect what is fake and what is real. The same applies to voice. The same applies to videos. Now, once we have discovered this thing is real, again, uh, there are processing tools that employ AI that can be used to process news stories. For instance, uh, advanced uh, newsrooms in the Global North, Washington Post, New York Times, Forbes, uh, The Telegraph, and the rest have been deploying tools to break news. So these alerts that we keep sending on SMS or breaking news on our websites, in other jurisdictions, they are being done by AI tools so that you don't have to deploy a journalist to break news about bomb blast in Nairobi. It can be automated and automatically be generated by AI tools. Now, once that story has gone out, and there are so many other examples of stories that can be generated by AI, including match reports, stock exchange reports, weather reports, those can easily be automated and a journalist may not, you, don't, you do not have to deploy a reporter to do that. Only the editor can read the, auto, uh, the automated script and see if it's correct, then they publish. So you find that there is a lot of time saving and therefore you don't have to deploy a reporter to do the so-called routine and maintain tasks 
then you now deploy those reporters to do more useful work like investigations like writing analysis and commentaries then once we have now taken our report to the next stage again we distribute again ai can come in, in distribution and you know there are so many tools that are used to profile readers profile reader demographics psychographics uh, preferences in terms of content then you find ai is actually helping you to target that content to the reader so you know that james likes football and he doesn't just like football in general he likes uefa or european league and he is a fan of arsenal so i am able to send you a story about arsenal because i know james likes arsenal or is a fan of arsenal and therefore content goes to the right people and therefore it boosts the chances that this person will continue liking our product or even subscribe because all newsrooms are matching to the paid model so if you discover that this person likes this and they care about this you are able to target that content using ai tools that can profile this person and all that finally whatever started on social media again we get feedback we we now activate again uh bots and feedback channels where you james now after reading your arsenal story you are able to give us feedback and that informs the next cycle of content generation same to it can still go back to social media or it could be a whole groundwork that has to be done in our community or a forest or a river or a certain woods or where we have now to deploy our reporters to go and do the reporting this is so fascinating harry incidentally i like arsenal so i know how they get me now you know <laughs> interesting i thought everybody loved arsenal so it was it's it's a machine. Machine. <laughs> putting my football affiliations to the side these are seismic shifts new ways of working new technologies how are the staff in you know a newsroom in kenya and the larger global south being affected by these changes the impact is massive actually what what should worry all of us is that we have not been at par with the global north in adopting and using ai and that is a whole big concern because ai is basically dictating the content map not just in the global north but even the global south ai is dictating what our readers are getting and what is sad is that newsrooms are not able now to control anything because technology has run ahead of us when i talk of technology i'm looking at silicon valley products such as facebook such as twitter such as google and how they are dictating the content map and james you know if you want to control a human being you don't have to use a bomb you just have to control the content map so currently yes nation standard uh the dayland uh, guardian the mailand guardian of south africa the nation of nigeria and all the big brands on the continent they are doing their best in trying to decide what they think is important but there is another level of dictation that is going on in the cyberspace controlled by the silicon valley product they are dictating how much of nation content reaches you how much of uh, uh, the monitor in uganda reaches you in which form and what can you access and what can you uh, can you access and that's a whole big concern because uh once uh, the algorithms decide that they are going to feed you more of content from tuko 
and not nation, then clearly you know the kind of a person you're going to be. Uh, you will behave and try to start behaving or like more of that content, and therefore you are not accessible to the other side of the world, which is hidden from you. So if I were to answer your question, uh, the changes that AI has brought in our newsrooms are massive. One, they are mainly dictating how much content gets to our readers in terms of the algorithms on social media. Yes, Nation may publish everything on social media, but again, uh, Facebook has, has its own algorithm that decides gems will only get Arsenal stories from Nation and not Manu or not much about basketball, but more football. That's our concern. Secondly, uh, AI is also dictating just how much we, 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 we come to appreciate as individuals in terms of variety, in terms of just how much uh, we can access and therefore process, make inferences and therefore plan our lives. So that uh, if Facebook decides that it's more of football for you or it's more of entertainment news for you and not much about politics, it somehow kills your political life without you realizing, and that's a concern. And then in the, back in the newsroom, there are concerns about just how much control we have as editors and as people who know our world, this global south. Because now if the global north and the technologies are dictating how much we get, then uh, are we really in control of our lives? Are we really in control of our content map? And are we really in control of the things we appreciate and care about? So those are the concerns from a journalistic point of view because our concern is content map and AI has come to disrupt the content map as we knew it. One of the things that will always come up with AI is jobs. Some people will lose their jobs. Some people will get new jobs. With the technology being used in media today, are you already seeing people losing jobs? Or is this something that's more likely to happen in the future? Interesting. I, I didn't mention that because, uh, like I will say as an insider, this is very much in infancy stage. I wouldn't say there is any newsroom that has laid off staff because of AI, because the current AI we are using are more or less, in, we are in control of what we are deploying, because when we talk of uh, online listening tools, they are basically relaying that information to us as journalists. When we talk of online tools that are helping us target content to our readers, again, we are in control. Then you talk of feedback channels and stuff like that, we are in control. So unlike the Wall Street Journal and like the New York Times and Washington Post that automated some of the breaking news is still being done in Kenya by reporters. Uh, much reports are be still being done by our re reporters. We've not automated them. Stock exchange reports are still being done by, by our reporters. Weather forecast is still being done by our reporters. So I wouldn't say in the global south, specifically Africa, I'm yet to see a newsroom that has laid off people because of AI. Why? Because AI is still in very infancy stage. Uh, we are just starting to deploy. 
and we are not actively taking part in its development, unlike other newsrooms in, in the global north that have actually taken on AI projects and are creating their own products. So I think there is a debate we have to talk about later on, on just how much have we lagged behind and how much will we have to do to catch up with the global north, because AI has not had a very big impact. What I'm really concerned about is them now taking over the power to decide what we read and basically distorting the content map as pertains to the global south and the things we care about. Do you think that AI is, you know, it's a passing trend, you know, it's a fad? And those of us who live in the global south, we don't need to worry about it. Eventually, it'll go away. It will be a very big mistake, James, if we ever thought that AI is a fad that will be fading away anytime soon. In any case, it's getting stronger and it's going to be more central in what we do. If I were to talk about journalism, yes, I talked about AI being nascent and in budding stages as pertains deployment in newsrooms, but increasingly that's the way to go. Currently, we are talking about cost-cutting, lack of money, lack of uh, resources in the media industry. You find that AI is providing very good opportunities in terms of automating some mundane tasks. I talked about match reports, weather reports, stock exchange reports. If we can deploy AI, it means we can actually stop hiring journalists for those mundane routine activities. That's an opportunity for the newsroom. Secondly, if we can deploy AI properly, then the problems that are facing us as an industry, like fake news, I talked about Google Image Reverse Search, TinEye, RevEye, and all those are tools to detect defects. Again, that's an opportunity for us because you look at it in terms of how much it can help you, how fast and efficiently it can help you detect a fake picture, a fake audio clip, a fake video clip, and then you cannot match because deploying human brain to do that will take a whole week. Something that image reverse search, a Google image reverse search can do within seconds. Then look at the big, the so-called big data. It will take you ages to dig through all the data that COVID-19 has generated in terms of infections, in terms of just how the pandemic has been growing, deaths and all that. If we were to, to do Africa, 54 plus countries, and you're now to generate a data set on right from the tip of Durban to the top, Cairo, the other end, it will take you months, it will take you years. But you find that AI can go through that data within no time. There are tools that can take that data, organize it, uh, generate trends, and be able to give us even uh, trends that we can write stories based on on that data. So you realize that there is a lot of opportunities, and we cannot say that AI should go away. But with that, again, there are so many challenges that come with AI. One of them for the global south, and it's obvious, these are not things that we have initiated. These are things that we have not been taking an active part in generating and creating. And therefore, it talks about how much control do we have as Global South as pertains AI? Because most of these technologies are coming from the Global North, which has made serious investments 
they have made serious strides, but then the global south has been lagging behind. So by adopting them and trying to play catch up, somehow we will see some control. We will see some control to them. Currently, I've talked about the newsroom where editors and reporters are no longer fully in charge of the content they put out there. And these tools are not within domicile within our newsrooms. So generally, we have ceded our control and power to someone else. There are ethical issues that arise from AI. So many challenges. Issues to do with copyrights. For instance, if AI is used to generate a story from a COVID-19 data set from Ministry of Health in Kenya, who owns the copyright? Who is the author of that article? Is it the programmer of AI? Is it the owner of the data, which is government of Kenya? Is it the newsroom that deployed this tool to do the work? Is it the reporter and the editor who are in control of these tools? So it becomes a whole uh, confusing situation because you have a product out there and you can't tell who, to whom it belongs. Then talk of ethical issues, things to do with ownership, things to do with control, things to do with just playing around with human uh, brain. If you got a story generated by AI, unless it's indicated that it was generated by a machine, you may not know. It's issues with transparency. We are talking about 21st century newsroom being open, being transparent in the operations, but then you deploy AI, which is a whole mystery to many people and they may not know that this thing was generated by AI. So James, there are a lot of opportunities, there are a lot of challenges and you cannot just wish away that AI is a fad that will be going away with the wind. It's here to stay. We need to learn how to live with it. We need to learn how to adopt it. We need to learn how to use it so that we are not used by AI. Thank you so much, Harry, for agreeing to participate in our podcast. I want you to have a very nice day. Thank you, James. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Gutter Institute Kenya podcast. Wherever around the world you might have tuned in, I'm your host, James Murua, wishing you a good evening, a good afternoon, or a good evening. Kwaheri. Thank you.